Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Q, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hours show to keep the brain running with the premises talk sports on a national level? Full with the topic, sort of like the rubber when it's game time, they like the fat five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. The sports medicine, the sports veterans and great. The four for twenty six, so the war ain't away. It's the war room with five nights at the round table, five silly guys diversified and educated. What's good, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports and the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm at the round table with my brother. Got Jimmy the Blueprint up in the house. The NBA Finals have taken a catastrophic turn, at least for the Golden State Warriors. Stanley Cup champions have been crowned, and we're inching closer to a huge summer in the NBA. So we're going to discuss all of this along with everything else happening in the world of sports. So make sure you keep it locked right here with your boys for the next two hours. And if you want to get in on that conversation, which I know you do, all you got to do is sign in right now to the JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you could join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about five minutes when we open up the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is 323 410 But before we get started... Like we always do, we got to make sure that during the week when we're not live on the air, you check out archived episodes of not only our show, but all of uh, the shows on our network. Um, Shout out to the Broad Street Line, Tissue and the Tape, uh, After Further Review, and a whole lot more. Uh, You can do that at warroomsports.com, the War Room Sports mobile app, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, a whole lot of other places, man. If there's podcasts to be heard, we're most likely in the building somewhere. So uh, check us out, Jimmy. Yo, is it? Are, are we supposed to be? Is this a week where we supposed to be giving rest and power shouts to the to the great Bushwick? Because I've seen that all week, but then I saw some people say, "No, nah, it's not true. He's not dead yet." Blah blah blah. Like is is the is well, the little guy gone or or not? Yeah, I believe he I believe he was gone. Like I know that um the first day when they first put it out there, they said he was still fighting for his life, but he's supposed to die later that day. Um, did TMZ and that story? They did. All right. Well, rest in power to the little god, um, Bushwick Bill. Mind playing tricks on you. I guess he's most famous for that song. Crazy. What's the craziest part about that is that you know he wasn't even that was Scarface's verse. Like he was gonna just spit three on yeah. that joint. <laughs> so I'm assuming. Yeah, uh, it's crazy, man. Also, man, to our uh, to men of a certain age, man, make sure you get your checkup because supposedly he died of um, you know, um, I think it was I say the colon one or the two, but I know both of them are the ones that get you out of here when you don't discover it early. Um, right, and so and and you're right because there's a lot of a lot of stuff out here that's that's fightable at least if you if you're on top of everything and like Jimmy said if you're getting getting those checks like you're supposed to you can catch stuff a little earlier. Um, a lot of people catch stuff when it's advanced stages when it's way too late. So yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> 
These days, though, yeah, like you say, men of a certain age, man, it seems like everybody and anybody these days is uh, susceptible to any kind of cancer. So just get checked. Just do something. Anything on your body not feeling right, not looking right, not sounding right, not smelling right, <laughs> get it checked, man. Yo. <laughs> Yo, it's not a game these days, man. He's out here with Schmegma. Anyway, man, <laughs> it's, been a, it's, been a, it's been a crazy week, especially for basketball fans out here because the NBA Finals, man, like drama is not even a word to describe um, what's going on in these NBA Finals right now. So let's get right into it. Let's get into these hot topics, which are brought to you, of course, by my bookie. And I'm tripping because I didn't even open the chat room, so I'm pretty sure it's a couple of people at least. Our regular, shout out to Neil and Skyview, probably in there hollering, like, open the damn chat room. All right, it's open now. But anyway, hot topics are brought to you by my bookie. Let's take a minute to talk how much money you guys can can make betting on sports at my bookie. The U.S. Open is underway, Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all. And the NBA Finals are still going. So if you still haven't checked out my bookie, hey, it's a great time to go ahead and do that. Lay down some dough on the biggest games in sports, man. Y'all heard about that St. Louis Blues fan. Who, who came out of that thing with a whole lot of money. So you could join us and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. You guys are tired of getting the runaround when it's time for a payout. That's why we urge you to give mybookie a try. If you win, they pay fast, no hassles. You're basically wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have live in-game betting so you can place wages after the game starts. So look, man, take a look at the, the U.S. Open See what it's looking like in the beginning of the, you know, the first round. Go in there, and, you know, place a place an ass bet. Do what you got to do. Anyway, they, join now. My bookie will match your first deposit up to one thousand dollars. So use the promo code to War Room to get this done. That's all caps. That's W A R R O O M. That'll activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. All right, so the NBA Finals, like I just mentioned, Jim, man, is off the hook right now. The drama is is on an astronomical level. Kevin Durant was the big story. We've been waiting for the past two rounds of, you know, is he or isn't he? Is he coming back? Will he come back? How is he going to look when he comes back? Um, and then you even have the conspiracy theorists out there who said Kevin Durant ruptured his Achilles against the Houston Rockets, and he's not going to be back. But for some reason, the Golden State Warriors and Kevin Durant are keeping this a secret. Um, <laughs> we found out that that conspiracy theory was bogus. But he comes back, game five, is playing pretty well. But after 12 minutes, he does go down, and he does rupture his Achilles. Um, he's out for the rest of the series. He's out for next season. Um Pretty much, yo. What were your thoughts on this whole thing? First of all, did you think it was too soon for them to throw him back out there, or you know, with the information well, that we had, which wasn't a lot, you know, did you think it was just you know time to give it a go? And what here, happened? Here's happened? the thing, man. It's this is so much. It's so many layers to this story. Because I'm not mm-hmm. gonna lie, I'm one of the people that before he actually showed up to play, I thought the first injury was worse than what they were saying. And that, you know, they were protecting him and his free agency while they let him play. But then he suited up. I'm like, all right, well, that's something wrong there. He goes out there, starts to light it up, 
you know, so after like 11 minutes in the game, he was like, I think he had like 11 points, and he ended up being the team's like fourth leading scorer that night, just in those, <laughs> just in those 12 minutes, minutes. Left 12 minutes of the <laughs> But um, ah, man, so there's so many ways to look at this. You could look from the organization's perspective, from Kevin Durant's perspective, from the coach's perspective, because I mean, I've played injured at a high school level. Right. It, made, it made things worse. I, I made my leg worse. Um, I broke a leg before, actually. So I know what that's like, and I made it because I made it worse playing on. Um, nothing is better than him. And I've also had an um, two on my ACL before. I, so I've had injuries. But right. so I know what it's like to want to play, and you want to play for your teammates, and you want to do all those things. I couldn't imagine at the highest level for the championship and down 3-1 and you want to actually win. So I get it. I totally get it. But at the same time, you know, it's easy to hear um, Monday morning quarterback and talk about what well, you had to think about your free agency and this, that, and this. He's a baller. And ballers want a ball. You know, um, sounds like an R. Kelly lyric. We know we don't do those no more. So um, that's not an R. Kelly uh, reference, by the way. But ballers want a ball, <laughs> you know. Um, so I get that. From the team's perspective, you're down, but you also want to protect your asset because you want to bring him back. So, right. I mean, there's so many sides to this, but somebody had to step in. But, but again, we also don't know just how bad it was and whether or not and, this would have happened maybe next year if he didn't play. And the problem is, Jim, it's, it's there's a whole lot of people who be out here playing doctor who are doing it strictly off speculation. Like, half the people out here who's making a comment about that, like, nobody's doing any real research. Nobody knows what's really going on, but everybody's out here making these adamant statements. And then they got everybody else following them. So you got people on TV, all of these former athletes, talk, you know, bashing the team, talking about how much he shouldn't have been out there, and, you know, it's malpractice and this and that, and the funny thing is, they're saying that because he ended up getting hurt. But if he was cleared by the doctors and could play and didn't in a championship setting, they would have gave him a whole different kind of tongue lashing after this series had they ended up losing. So it's like, you know, I've seen dudes like Shannon Sharp, Charles Barkley. Like, come on. Dudes who talk about how soft the games are compared to when they played. And, you know, they're saying, yeah. oh, he shouldn't have went out there. He shouldn't have played. But they as soon purpose, as he they doesn't play, purpose, they're going to be talking about how soft he is and, and all this other nonsense. So, you know, it's, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, with a lot of people, you know, not even on TV, just a lot of fans, they're still saying because I think a lot of them were a little upset that their conspiracy theory from the first injury was shot to hell when he decided to play in game five. Now they have an opportunity to say something else. Everybody's, well, I knew it was an Achilles the whole time. I knew something was wrong with it, and that's why. Do some research, people, please, because just like anybody who's hurt their knee, and Jimmy's torn his ACL, so I know he's heard this at the doctor. I've heard this in therapy. When you hurt your knee in any way, or even if you just have knee tendonitis, the doctor tells you, okay, well, the first thing you need to do to kind of alleviate some of this pain in your life is to build up your quad. The stronger your thighs are, 
the the less compensating for them your knees have to do, the less pain you go through in your knees, the less uh, susceptible you are to injury for your knees. If you do some research, it's the same thing with a calf and, a, and an Achilles. For everybody out there who thought he hurt his Achilles the first time, and now this is just poetic justice because you knew it, you're, you're, you're wrong. And I went back and looked at that video a million times against um, Houston, where everybody says he immediately grabbed for his Achilles. Come on, man. <laughs> he, he, he immediately grabbed his calf. They're saying, well, I've seen a million Achilles injuries. That's what it is. You, you just turn around, you act like somebody, it feels like somebody kicked you. Well, it's the same thing if you strain or, or tear a calf. Do some research. Go talk to a doctor. Go, go do something. And I've been close to, as close to an Achilles rupture <laughs> as you can get without you know, actually doing it yourself. Like somebody very close to me did it, which made me, you know, all of a sudden a student of Achilles tears. So going back to my original point, look this up because it's easy to find. If you strain a calf, tear a calf, anything that weakens your calf muscle, uh, the, the, one of the biggest parts of therapy before going back to normal activity from that is strengthening up that calf muscle because if you do not, then parts of your leg, i.e. the Achilles, starts to compensate for the weakness of your calf muscle and you are very susceptible. That's like the fourth time I use that word to show to what happened to Kevin Durant. So any doctor out there who is watching this, and I've looked up several accounts of different doctors who just weighed in on it, didn't have a dog in the face or anything like that, said they weren't surprised at all. Not that he shouldn't have been cleared to come back. They're not saying that. But they're saying after the injury that he had just a month ago, because if you look at recovery times, you know, it says two or three weeks is actually enough time. But what we all know from injuries and sports and being hurt yourself is that different bodies respond to treatments in different ways at different times. So if you ask most doctors out there, no one is surprised by what happened to him. And in my studies and what doctors have told me firsthand from me being there along the way when my family member tore their Achilles, they basically told them an Achilles rupture, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. It's a wear and tear injury. So if it didn't happen now, it may have happened next season. If it didn't happen next season, it may have happened next. But if you've had the wear and tear in your life, to where your Achilles is eventually someday going to give out, it's it's going to happen. So you know, I didn't like you know I don't want I didn't like to see this happen. We joke about Kevin Durant all the time and his decision and all that kind of stuff, but you don't want to see this kind of thing happen to anybody. But no, it's, it's just I mean, a lot it, of people out there playing be, doctor and don't know what the hell they talk about. Man, I mean, no, <laughs> and and that's why I like excuse me, that's why for me. Um, and I was explaining to y'all in our group uh, earlier this week, like, I just, I, I can't even debate with sports fans anymore. Because, right. I don't know. I don't I mean, know how, why are you doing it. That, yeah, I don't know why you do it either, because the fact of the matter is, everything you just said really doesn't matter, because people move off feelings and not facts. Yeah, and they don't believe it. Exactly. The fact of the matter is, when you're talking about someone's body, everybody's body just behaves different. So there's some things that happen medically that doctors really can't even explain. Like, so... There could have been it, it could have been a hundred of different things that happened, like right. you know. But the fact of the matter is, what happened happened, 
and he wanted to be out there. From what I heard, he went and got second opinions because he was trying to force their hand to let him play. So and I and I heard that as well, which 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 yeah. goes in the face of all the stuff, especially the people I've been debating with this week. It, it goes in the face of everything they're saying because you know with them they're just jumping on the bandwagon of other athletes who are you know who have a platform who are speaking pretty much out of turn who don't know a damn thing about the situation but they're bashing the the Warriors and I'm not defending the Warriors and I'm saying like but still know the whole story before you just go all out there and your I'm sources saying, well like, Shannon Sharp said this well Shannon Sharp is paid to take a stance every day and you know and and fight on it no matter what the circumstances are because his show yeah, is in like, I, I don't I don't <laughs> yeah I don't care about Shannon Sharp but my thing is like it's 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 also like you damn if you do you damn if you don't because I saw like some of the same people who were criticizing the team um were the same ones criticizing Kawhi because he knew how his body felt and said I'm not playing right right and the doctor said you can play he said no I'm not ready and they criticize him, and obviously, he, he, no nobody knows your body better than you do. It's just the bottom line. You know what I mean? Like, and so, the funny thing is, like, I immediately thought about that, Jim, and was like, Kawhi probably knew if I don't get this quad together, it's gonna cause all kinds of other problems, and I don't want them kind of knee problems. So you're right. It, you yeah. So, so that is, the funny thing is, with that happening to Durant. It just keeps adding to Kawhi's amazing year, making him like you know he was the smart um, <laughs> making him first like a doctor. Best year on a low, he having the best year ever. <laughs> Kawhi's a doctor. Kawhi like let me go ahead and sit this year out, strengthen up, <laughs> and and then go out on my on my contract year wherever I'm playing and ball the hell out <laughs> and rest it all so, through this season too. But Kawhi was like, look, all that stuff paid off because look where we are, one win away. <laughs> Yo, a quick question, and you're like, where is this coming from? Um, but where the Milwaukee Bucks were always in the East, correct? Like, they were never in the West. Um, I believe so. Why? Somebody okay, I didn't tell you otherwise? No, I was sitting there, I was sitting there racking my brain, um, and, it, and it's in reference to Kawhi. Um, um, I'm like, if they pull off and they win this championship, he's clearly going to be the MVP. And I'm thinking about, like, him winning finals MVP in two different conferences, how how crazy that is, how an amazing right. accomplishment that is. And I'm trying to think of someone who could have possibly did that. And, you know, I thought about um, uh, Kareem. Kareem. Yeah, and I think yeah. Kareem might have already done that. Yeah, he, he most likely. But, yeah, like, anyway. Uh, yo, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, his, 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 his season is, is quite amazing that they can end it off with that. I mean, because if they win the, the, the championship, if they win the finals, like, he could still step off and be like, look, you, you really mad? I came here one year and gave y'all the first chip y'all yeah, ever even yeah, sniffed, yeah. And I don't think that, let alone won. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that makes the pain of losing him, um, you know. That's but funny, he also, though, but... Like, you know how Toronto fans are. He can live I was just about to say, from what we've seen from them in the past week or so, you, you never know. Like, they might treat him crazy anyway. These people... Were cheering loudly when Kevin Durant was on the floor holding on to the back of his his ankle, holding on to his Achilles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's crazy because you know the first thing it makes me think is, man, if this was Philly, like this would be a story for the next sixty five years, literally. Like that's not even an exaggeration. Yeah. Like when something Shout happens in Philly, Irvin. we're still talking about snowballs at a mythical person. But 
<laughs> shout out to Michael Irvin. And and definitely yeah, shout out to 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 Michael Irvin and, and that situation there. Um, I saw that like I've seen yeah, that Michael come up Irvin? a lot this week, but I'm like Toronto, the they they won't be talking about them Michael in Irvin's two weeks. Michael Irvin's going with Greasy though, <laughs> because Michael but, Irvin was laying on the ground and they didn't know whether he could be able to walk again. They thought he was paralyzed and they still was cheering. They still was like cheering. Michael Irvin. Now I'm, I'm not I'm not absolving those people because. I would watch it on TV, and even at a young age, I'm like, that dude hurt. Like, well, Michael Irvin antagonized the hell out of those people on every play. I think a couple of plays before that, he just got a first down and did, like, the most Disney egregious sword-fighting first-down celebration that you'd ever seen in your life. So they, so they were already riled up. No way they should be, you know, cheering when he's on the ground, and they think he might not ever move again. The playmaker, but, man. But That's an Ill nickname, at the way. same time, I'm only saying I'm only even bringing that up to compare it to the situation. Kevin Durant did nothing of the sort to to get these uh, Toronto Raptors fans like that. They were also caught on tape. Some of them, you know, a couple of them. It's always a, a few that that a few bad apples that spoiled a bunch. But there was a few <laughs> standing at the hotel out at the um, Rich Carlton at the um, Warriors team hotel screaming obscenities and profanities at Steph Curry's parents as they got out of the, you know, their transport back to the hotel. Like they're saying F you to his mom. Um, They're saying F you to Dell. One dude was saying, Dell, don't listen to him. You're a legend. Um, And at the same, you know, Dell was just trying to, you know, just walk it all, just ignore it. He's probably been through it a million times as a player. His wife has some stuff to say. Like she was saying stuff back. She wasn't trying to hear all that. Yeah. But um she Yeah. Get it. Yo, <laughs> Shout out um, to Neil. She said the doctor about her need to her to lose weight. Yeah, they they definitely do that too, if they think that's what you need. But Anil, they they want you to some, strengthen up them quads, they want you to lose weight. All kinds of stuff. Duh, I've been Anil, let me tell let me tell you something about needing to lose weight, Anil. Um, from a brother that needs <laughs> to lose some weight. Um and you need to lose weight, the doctor tell you that about anything. You can tell him your tooth hurt, you better lose a couple pounds. I was about to say He's like, yo, <laughs> <laughs> yo, it don't matter. Like, if I don't hear that every time I go to the doctor, like, I like that. Like, yo, like my ear. Like, my nose been out of my nose been dry lately. Yeah, lose a couple pounds. <laughs> what? <laughs> what you talking about? <laughs> I like you can't give me no nasal spray or something. My man said lose a couple. Pounds. Yo. But uh, but you know on your point about the Toronto fans, like, and I know I'm probably getting the minority. I didn't I didn't get as upset as I saw people. Um, and but first of all, like let's, let's talk about what a fan is, which is a fanatic. So I expected that crazy, and you know, I I just don't. I guess my expectations are so low that it doesn't shock me. And also well, there's Jake, a difference between like cheering, cheering because compassion. you think you're getting ready to win a championship. Like you, you, you think he's ready with a championship? He's out. And, I know. So oh, he out for real. For real, Chip. you're giving him props. You're like, yo, he I'm chipping up. You. Basically, you're admitting that you're scared of him. <laughs> you he chipping up. He hurt. Yo, but your man Drake damn near walked what him off saying, the court. Man, I'm scared of you. While hugging him and wiping sweat off the side of his cheek, and I mean, he, he has a tattoo of the dude on his arm. So you saw his true colors. He wrote him a loving post after the game. Like, he, he, he out of control. Yeah, my man said so we a, couldn't he, even enjoy the game because of what happened. I'm like, well, first of all, dude, 
Y'all lost the game. You enjoy the game because you lost. Yeah, y'all lost the game. If Uh, they won the game, you'd be in the back letting somebody pour champagne, letting another man pour champagne in your mouth as we speak. Like, come on, Drake. (laughs) Of course you didn't enjoy the game. You didn't win the game. Yeah, he would have made was, that post from the feeling. from the after party had they won. He was all in the field, no Kiki, but he's not house. Yo, my question is if the if the if the Raptors win the chip, does like Drake get an invita- invitation to the White House too? Like how does that work? Or I mean, do they just go to because, Parliament? You know. What they got in Canada? Parliament or something? Are you going there? <laughs> yeah. Just skip yeah. the White yeah, House altogether. Because that could be their excuse. Like we, actually, we not even we don't even ball in America. I actually asked that question on Twitter. I was like, yo, if they win, do they like because they're Canadians and someone pointed out to me <laughs> that when the Blue Jays won, they actually did both. Okay. They went to the White House yeah. and uh, I mean I guess because you know, most of the players are American, so Yeah. But I'm pretty sure yeah. the people on not. that team who are American probably don't care about a White House visit right now anyway. So this is true. Who knows? That would be kind of like, but how rude would that be if they went to the Canadian uh, drink, but then told the, you know, uh, orange boy, like, are we good? <laughs> All right, so before we well. get to the phone lines, because we got a few He might here. shoot some missiles over there. So. <laughs> how do you think, how do you think this affects the summer? Because what I saw when he was sitting on the ground, sitting on the floor, I saw the whole NBA summer from the draft to free agency. I saw everything just shift. I don't know where it's shifting, which way it's going to shift, but I just saw a lot of movement, like tectonic plate type movement when he was sitting there holding on to his Achilles. Um, what kind of effect do you think this is going to have on the NBA summer? That's interesting, right? So now it's kind of like, and, and I think he already did, but it's kind of like he controls what happens. Um, right. Because. And and are the Knicks cursed? <laughs> Yeah, it, yo, that's hilarious. But um, so you still have teams that want to offer him the bread because right. I mean KD is like a top five player. Like you could argue about one through five. Like anybody who's in the top five, you can make an argument for them being one of them being five. Um, probably with the exception of Harden. I think nobody in Harden's number one. Is he top five though? I know I'm drawing going way off topic, but I would say <laughs> um, Giannis may. Kawhi, and who's that fifth? Probably have to say Harden. Right? Harder step. They're fighting for five. Um, outside of them, let's say the top four. The top four, you can make an argument for any of them being through four. So, with that being said, most teams in the league who have the cap space will be willing to pay and have him like pretty much rehab for a year. Um, it's like for a whole lot of money, moves like they know something. That is right. money. But it's the risk for war thing. First of all, your fan base is going to be excited just because you signed him. Um, and, and if you can get him and get another star in that same year, I don't know, man. Like, if he goes somewhere like Brooklyn, who made the playoffs this year and comes back before the playoffs, boom. I, and Brooklyn has been making moves to try to put themselves in a position to do that, even down right. to now you see uh, Byrie Irving like signing with Rock Nation. Who still is affiliated with the Brooklyn Nets? So it's it's going to be an interesting summer. And and, and the great thing about this is not the great thing, but the interesting thing to me at least is how the NBA has really become um, a sport that we pay attention to all year long. They're really giving football a run for their money 
in terms of like you know dominating headlines and um, leading off news stories. Like you know, Adam Silver is, is doing an amazing job, uh, whether you like him or hate him. And well, NFL also is not even interested like in me anymore. <laughs> the conspiracy theory in me is like, yo, this stuff is like it's got to be set up. Every offseason is like this. It's like, all right, who going where? It's sometimes more exciting than the actual season. Yeah, because most of the time they get on these teams and, it's, you know, it's a dud. It's like, having, but, uh, it's like when you play fantasy football, right? The drafts are sometimes more fun than the actual like season. And right. it's like they get to have one every year the same way, you know, you have a draft every year. They have one every year. Like, all right, everybody shuffle up. You got cats opting yeah, you got cats opting out early. You got cats forcing their way into trades who still under contract. So, you know Speaking of opting out, Jim, this could be a year where we see the rare um occurrence of a player opting back in because K D could opt back in for his last year in Golden State and make thirty one million dollars from them while he's rehabbing. Um the only thing about that is you know, he's not he's still not gonna play at all next year, next season, most likely. So if he was looking to leave, you I don't know, the best thing might be to just go ahead and take one of those long term offers now because you never know what it's gonna look like next season, you know, coming off your rehab. Yeah. You don't get to play um pretty much at all unless they're gonna chance it and try to throw him in the playoffs again, which probably wouldn't be the right thing to do. So Yo, if somebody's still skilled, willing to offer, skilled, you probably need to go ahead and take that. How skilled do you have to be, right, to literally not be able to work? I don't care what you do for a living. I don't care if you flip burgers. I don't care if you're the top engineer in the world. I don't care if you're a <clears throat> gifted politician. How skilled do you have to be at whatever your craft is to say, listen, I'm not going to be able to contribute. I'm not going to be able to work for a year, <laughs> but I still want you to give me long-term job security and pay me 30 to $40 million next year while I get ready to work the following year. Right. That's crazy. I That's think crazy. It's, it's only That's a select true. few. You, saw, you yeah, see Boogie didn't, get that, four, Boogie didn't get, get that treatment. Boogie didn't get that treatment. Not at all. Not at and, all. I think, and I think it's in four. After taking the mid-level exception – with the Warriors, like, Boogie still doesn't look like he's in line to get a Mac deal from anybody. He might be playing nope. on that exception again this coming season. So, only a select few. So, that's one of those things where yeah, like, you can opt back in, but eh, smart money might say, go ahead and take it from whoever's going to give it to you while you're hurt. Whoever's going to give you that best Yo, offer while out. you're hurt, take that security. Shout out to John Wall. Shout out to John Wall and KD for, like, you know, um, Getting uh, you know, family fortunes while they while they basically um go to play fitness every day. They, they, All they right, we're about to go to right the now. phone line to Tobias, and I think he uh, I think he just hung up. Massa got it. Massa give you free Tobias. Um, yeah, so so it's definitely going to be an interesting summer, and I think everything you know, changes because of this. I mean, you had certain teams who I think, you know, were pretty much in line to go after certain people because I guess they get a feeling, you know, during their tampering of who's actually interested and who's not. See, I had to throw that in there, shout out to Magic. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you kind of set your sights on 
certain people. But everybody else out there, you know, who's somebody, they were going to try to make a shot at pretty much everybody and let the dominoes fall where they may. Um, probably in an order, in a ranking, and most teams probably had KD up front, um, maybe a shot at Kawhi after him, and then, you know, go down the line from there. But it's going to be real, real interesting. Jimmy, you want, you want to screen that real quick? I'll hold it down. Oh, um, so another thing, like, because I've been out here, you know, like Jimmy and I was talking about, I've been out here on these internets talking to, to, the, to all the fake doctors out there, the conspiracy doctors, who pretty much don't care what you, what you say, what you show them, how much proof you show them, how many <laughs> statements from doctors you show them. Like Jimmy said, once, you know, people deal in feelings these days. So once they have a feeling about something and they feel in their head that, oh, I got something going that's good here. Like they, facts, you know, no one lets facts get in the way anymore. So <laughs> it's, it's just something that we basically have to live with these days. Um, but this is a tough blow for, for Kevin Durant, especially going into this particular year of free agency, which, which has been talked about for so long leading up to the day. Um, it's just a shame that, that things had to go down this way. Um, his mom even weighed in. Um, I think the headlines that you'll probably see about his mom, I think they were hyping it a little bit. As my D.C. brethren would say, they were sicing it a little bit because the headlines would tell you, well, you know, Kevin Durant's mom doesn't fully absolve the Warriors from blame. And then you read the articles and you read the actual details. And she really didn't say anything scathing about the Warriors or their doctors. So, you know, it, it's headline time out here. So let's go to the phone lines real quick. We got uh, Tom calling in from L.A. Tom, what's going on? Welcome to the war room. How you guys doing? Pretty good. How are you? How, are How you been? You? I'm, good. Right. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I've uh, uh, listening for a while, but first time actually calling in. What's the uh, what's your thoughts on this whole Kevin Durant thing? Uh, I mean, I think it's a I think it's a real shame. I think um, you know, as much credit as you want to give. Bob Myers for going out there and try to take the heat. At the same time, it's like his fake tears. <laughs> there's very, it's very. I think this is on everybody, not just like in the Warriors organization, but like, man, we gotta really start to adjust to like, like I don't, I don't think that the human mind yet, especially people of our age. And even Durant's age, right? I'm curious to see what the next generation is, the kids that are 15, 16 right now, just like purely growing up on this. I'm 32, and I grew up on uh, a lot of, like, Internet, but also I had half my life growing up where it wasn't, like, the end-all, be-all yet. And it's just, like, this pressure that comes and these waves of opinions that come – you know, this exactly. isn't just warriors. This is just like waves of internet pressure. And Durant, you know, who's kind of been miscast as this like jerk, and he's not a jerk. He, but I don't think he's been miscast as someone who's extremely susceptible to the noise created on the internet. So it's, right. I mean, honestly, he's, he's a little bit it, he's a little bit sensitive. He hears it and he partakes. And it's just it's, it's just a shame because it's like. 
of all the injuries to get, like, you know, you tear your ACL and that sucks, right? And you're out for six to 10 months, but like you come back and you're arguably stronger than you were before because they replace your ACL muscle these days with like an even stronger muscle from another, from another part of your, but like people come, you know, you look at Adrian, uh, Peterson, right? Like ACL tears are basically like the Tommy John surgery of the NBA at this point. Right? Like, yeah, it sucks, but they come back just as strong. Achilles is just like the one injury you can get in basketball where it's like, he's never going to be the same. Like he's going to be extremely good and he's going to be a perennial all-star because he's Kevin Durant. He's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. He was on his way to being maybe the greatest scorer of all time in in terms of just pure overall point stats. And like he will come back, he will be good. He'll be worth a max contract. Anyone that has the opportunity to sign him should. It just sucks because, like, this injury will make him worse. He's never going to be the same again. He's not 21 years old. Even if he was, he'd probably never be the same again. You know, he's, he's going to come back a worse basketball player, and there was really no reason for this. I think the only thing I can say is is just how interesting this entire it, – it's really just like a social experiment because it's like the, if you told me four weeks ago that in that in a month I would feel bad for Kevin Durant and be rooting for the Golden State Warriors, I'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? Not a chance on earth. Durant is going to go to whatever free agent place he wants. He's going to have the whole NBA waiting on him. He's going he's to control everything. And I hate the Warriors because, as you can see, the Warriors have been robbing us of competitive basketball for three years now because a 50% Kevin Durant went out there and it kind of looked like they were going to start wiping the floor with the Toronto Raptors. So like, it's just like now we're actually getting a series where multiple teams can win and multiple teams, you know, you'll see the, I think the NBA free agency is going to be really interesting in this off season because there's a bunch of teams now that think they can legitimately win the NBA title. And so it just, I feel really bad for Durant. I think it sucks. I think that if there's any positive that comes from this, I think you're going to see people at least try to be less susceptible to both media and like everyday person pressure that they get and just know themselves the best and listen to the people closest to them. But like from top to bottom, I mean, if, if Kevin Durant has a five-year contract with the Golden State Warriors, are they putting him out on that court? I'd say absolutely not. Um, Like, you know, it sucks, but, Anyways, what do you guys think of uh, the Anthony Davis uh, situation right now? Um, that, that's shoot. Even that could could somehow be affected by this. Um, what what we've been hearing though is that there's been some more teams trying to jump into the mix um, to make it happen, so that each individual team involved doesn't have to give up too much to make it happen, and from from one of the one of the scenarios we saw earlier it seemed like a great deal probably for the lakers because it had them giving up uh out of their young core it had them giving up Kuzma and Lonzo both going to a different team uh Lonzo going to Chicago Kuzma going to the Pelicans and somehow keeping Brandon Ingram um if it were up to me, the guy that I would want to keep if I was the Lakers 
is, is Lonzo Ball, but at the same time, you could understand why, you know, he could pretty much go because as long as LeBron's there, Lonzo Ball probably isn't going to be allowed to be what some people think he can be because LeBron's going to control the ball most of the time. But um, yeah. that's a crazy one, too, because, you know, Boston wants to throw their hat into the ring, as you know. But uh, Chris, uh, Rich Paul, his agent, pretty much told them, like, we're warning you. And this was in an interview with Sports Illustrated where they basically warned the Celtics, if you trade for him, it's going to be a one-year rental. He does not want to play there. Um, I heard that his dad doesn't even want him to play there, and he referenced, quote, what the Celtics did to Isaiah Thomas a couple of years ago. Um, me, personally, I think the Celtics got lucky with that because that would have been a decision that I didn't, I wouldn't have wanted to make. I wouldn't have given Isaiah Thomas the max anyway, so him – getting hurt at that point and them being able to swing a trade for Kyrie, I think they got lucky because they didn't have to, they didn't have to go as far as maybe they wanted or maybe had to go. And that's telling a healthy Isaiah Thomas that, no, we're not going to re-sign you for the max because I don't think I would have. Jimmy, would you have done that? No, I mean, I wouldn't but, but how do you tell him after I mean, a season like that? Like, how do you tell him we're not gonna we're not gonna resign you? We can't give you the max. Like I said, other than getting lucky with like his we, injury we and trade for Kyrie, best, we have to do what's in the best interest of the team and giving you that max. Just you know, <laughs> and that's not gonna be part of the deal. Um, in terms of the Anthony Davis thing, I just man, at, at this point, I just want it to be over with. And <laughs> you know, yeah, I just want it to be over with. Like I. Either move them or don't. Like, you know, I just really wanted to be aware. I think Well, I think a lot of people think it's imminent it. that it, it will happen this weekend because they're trying to, you know, do it before the draft because some draft picks will be involved. So, yeah, I, I hope it hurry. What's, I hope they hurry the date, up with it uh, What's the date of the draft? What's the date of the draft? The 20th. I think the thing that's most frustrating to me yeah, about June this 20th. is like, hey, Laker fans are getting like a bad rap because we like, whenever you have, whenever you have the most popular sports franchises, right? Like just by very nature of having the most fans, like 50% of your fans are going to be idiots. So like by very <laughs> nature, like there's a bunch of uneducated fans out there that I think are making the Lakers look worse than they are. But I think if you just look at this from like a pure standpoint, this whole situation is starting to look exactly like it looked like three months ago where the Pelicans weren't actually serious about trading the Lakers. Every single Lakers offer was somehow leaking. And I used and, and the Lakers are pretty inept at this point, but you can't tell me the Lakers are out there leaking their offers. And so like, right. that means the Pelicans are probably leaking the Lakers offers. And I don't actually think they have an intention to send him to the Lakers. I like, it's looking to me, it's like looking less and less and less like that daily or else it's like what I understand. Like, and, and then the other thing is, is just the way that this is reported these, these, these days. It's like by calling something a rumor, reporters don't have to check their facts or anything like that. It's like, if you just logically think about what, what's being said out there, like, and I'm not a basketball executive and there's only 30 of those in the entire world. But, like, any non-idiot would never in a million years value Kyle Kuzma over the fourth pick. Kyle Kuzma is, like, <laughs> a bad – is, like, a way worse <laughs> Lou Williams. 
Like, oh my God, we have we gotta we gotta play this audio for somebody we know. We've been telling we've been telling because Jimmy's a Lakers fan as well, but he's been we've been talking to another Lakers fan and trying like he wants to hold on to Kuz like like Kuz is his last breath, and we've been trying to tell him like what Kyle Kuzma does is not difficult to find in the NBA. Any do any as Charles Barkley said back in the day, any knucklehead can score. Any knucklehead with the green light can score some buckets. Kyle Kuzma doesn't play a lick of defense. Um, he's not making plays for anybody else but Kyle Kuzma. Like what he does is easily replaceable. So I don't really understand that contingent of Lakers fans who are like, oh man, we can oh. give up any of them, but I don't want to give up Kyle Kuzma. I don't get well, that, that at all. To, to me that <laughs> to me that makes no sense. Right? So like Kuzma look, I don't think he's easily replaceable in the sense that like it, it is hard to find someone that's gonna score yeah, pretty efficient. Not like with somebody that's already on the roster. A million and a half dollars. You know what I mean? Like, he makes a million and a half dollars. So, like, for his contract, he's pretty great. But, like, what the point is is this. I do think the Lakers need to draw a line here because they're bidding against themselves, it seems like, right? So, like, I get, like, the Lakers, because of how they carried themselves in February, are going to have to pay a tax here, right? Like, the tie is not going to go to the runner. The tie, If there's a tie in terms of offers – the Pelicans will trade Anthony Davis to any team that matches a Lakers offer that is not the Lakers. They don't want to trade him there. So, like, unfortunately for the Lakers, because they handled themselves like a-holes, um, they are going to have to give up the fourth pick, Lonzo Ball, and Ingram. And, but, like, you know, the reason that it's to, – to, to me, it's not about Kuzma. It's about, like – having the self-discipline to walk away from a situation where you're negotiating against yourself. Like, I don't care about Kuzma. If they'd rather have freaking Kuzma than Lonzo Ball, like, by all means, I'll drive Kuzma to the airport. That'd be the stupidest decision in the history of sports by someone to want Kuzma over Ingram, Lonzo Ball, or the fourth pick. But I'm also hearing things like they want the fourth pick traded for Zach Levine or something. Like, there's, there's things that are going around that don't make sense. That It just doesn't make sense. Like, I don't care – who you are, if you're valuing Zach Levine over the fourth pick, and if you're valuing well, then... Kuzma over Lonzo or Ingram, like, there's something wrong on the other end. So, like, in my mind, what I just want to see happen here is, like, it's just put up or shut up time. Like, the Lakers can't bid mo- – like, that's a really, really good offer. Like, the, if the Celtics are offering Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, a first-round pick this year at, like, 14, and the Memphis pick next year – the fourth pick, Lonzo Ball and Ingram is still a better offer than that. Like it's just a better offer. Yeah, yeah. I don't. So, I don't necessarily see why the Pelicans wouldn't want to deal with the Lakers. I, I you know, with Dell Demps when he was running things there, for some reason that was personal. But I don't. I don't necessarily see because it wouldn't be realistic for New Orleans to consider themselves contenders right now. So you do what's best for your team, kind of reminiscent of when you know the Paul Gasol trade happened. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of people saying, oh, well, the Lakers won that trade. Well, it, it, I, don't, I, I don't necessarily think when you trade with somebody that it's a contest between the two people making the trade. I believe if both teams get, you know, what's best for them at the time, then it's a successful trade. Everybody thought about it that way because Memphis sucked at the time. So they, they traded their only tradable commodity, whereas the Lakers were probably one piece away from an NBA championship. So people see them win that championship. Yeah. Um, a lot of Laker haters didn't want to see them win that championship. So then it's, you know, oh, they just pretty much gave them that. 
But that trade actually made uh, Memphis perennial playoff contenders for the next decade or so. And and people don't realize that. I mean, they weren't close to winning a championship, so it wasn't going to happen. I think in that trade, right, like, look, that was highway robbery because no one knew that Marc Gasol was good. So, like, yeah, in hindsight, it's the same thing as saying, like, when the Lakers traded um, uh, D'Angelo Russell for, like, the 27th pick and Brooke uh, uh, Lopez. Yeah, like, in hindsight, you could maybe be like, well, they got Kuzma or something. So, wasn't that that? Like, yeah, right. Like, how did you ever know you were going to get a decent player at the 27th pick? nonetheless one that like actually could be considered an asset so like to me it's just like the, if I'm the Lakers like at some point you got to sit down and be like look man like we're negotiating in good faith here like look at the return that the Spurs got for Kawhi Leonard look at the return that Oklahoma City got for Paul George like no one thought Victor Oladipo was gonna was that good at the time like they didn't know so just look at it in the context right. like, look See, at, but all at the, the same time these teams and, those teams you named just now were already decent they weren't great, but they were decent teams. You look back to the to the Gasol trade, like Memphis was a bad team. New Orleans bad. right now, you can even consider them. I mean, they made the playoffs last year. They're not as bad as Memphis was when they made that trade. But some teams are more desperate to improve. So you can't you can't go about it thinking about what you're gonna do for this particular team. That's why that's why this team comes at you because they only need they might need need just one piece to get to where they need to go, but you need a whole lot more. So you can't say, "Oh, I can't help the Lakers." I mean, you can say that if you're a good team, if you're the Spurs or somebody like that. I can't help the Lakers because we could be just as good as them. But New Orleans needs to get what they can get for somebody who's going to leave anyway, um, and and just move on with it. But Tom, thank you for your call, man. We got to move on. We got a couple of people waiting. Uh, call in next week. We'll talk. All right. Tom from L.A. Let's go to the line. I know Tobias is mad at us. Uh, we got Tobias on the line, and our brother B. Austin is with us as well. Um, what up, Tobias? Hey, I'll tell you one thing, man. Uh, with this whole Kevin Durant thing, you know, I think my issue more than him playing was that I wish he – I know it's a finals, but being out for so long with that type of injury he had, it probably been better off if he was able to get some more practice in, not not not, not playing twenty one the playground against Patrick McCall and saying, Hey, he's good now. Uh, <laughs> to to make to make sure he's good. And and I think well, the problem was had he got more practice time, this would have probably just happened in practice. So either way. Don't be <laughs> here's the thing, at least that he would have tried to strengthen it. You know, he know how it is. Because going out there in the game in that intensity it's totally different than just those simulated practice that Boogie had all that time. That's just my thing. And who knows? He may have gotten hurt. But but people need to stop equating this to Michael Jordan's blue game. Mike had – he was sick. He wasn't – you know, was drunk. That, that's different. Yeah. But it's that's he wasn't even sick. He was hungover. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, so, so that's totally different than um, just, you know, having a leg injury. Cause, and here's the thing also, I think the problem was that that calf was probably worse than what it was, and Golden State should have been up front at the beginning. Because it kind of reminds me, as a Bulls fan, when Derrick Rose got hurt. Well, how come Derrick Rose ain't the first time he tore his knee up? How come he ain't back yet? The doctor said he's clear, but he wasn't ready to play. 
And so he had the fans turn on him, the media turned on him, while he ain't back yet. And and that eats at someone's psyche, especially someone as sensitive as Kevin Durant. If he was a little bit more tough-skinned like Kawhi or maybe a LeBron, maybe he wouldn't have rushed himself out there because if he no, just I mean, a regular move – it's, it's absolutely that, Tobias. And I was actually, you know, I had that sentiment. I was going to hold it for our our um, quote of the week, but people keep kind of alluding to it. So, you know, I'll, I'll talk about it now. You know, a lot of people, first of all, a lot of people who are pointing fingers at the team, they're saying that Kevin Durant was heroic because, you know, he tried to go out there and save his team and he risked himself. Um, you know, he put it all on the line and we talked about that in the chat earlier this week. I'm like, well, Kevin Durant hears all the chatter. He's on social media. Uh, he sees the show, the, the shows of the talking heads. Um, I mentioned Shannon Sharp earlier. He's a dude who basically low-key bashes Kevin Durant every day in his quest to make LeBron look better. But now that he's injured, now he's Kevin Durant's best friend, and he's pointing all the fingers at he shouldn't have done this and he shouldn't have done this. And Kevin Durant is, is heroic. We all know that Kevin Durant was out there because he saw an opportunity. <laughs> he, he's he been taking all of this flack. Oh, they're better without him. They don't need him. They never needed him. Um, look how well they're doing without him. If they win this chip without him, then his, his championship should have an asterisk. But all the kinds of stuff that you hear every day from fans. And you know he hears as well, whether it's on his regular account, his burner accounts, whatever. He wasn't going out there to be a Golden State, to be a California hero. He was going out there to hit them with the I told you so. They struggled to a 3-1 deficit. He felt that there was an opportunity. If I come back at this very moment, moment and we run off three straight and win this series, then all the crap that I've been taking ever since I've been here and all the crap that's ramped up in the last few weeks, you know, everybody would look stupid. Everybody would have to eat crow. Everybody would owe me an apology. You know, and speaking of crow, these pundits, they don't respect Toronto at all. Hey, I think Golden State go away tonight. I'm like, you know these guys hit 20 or 42 threes and still only won by a point. <laughs> you know, when you hit 20 or, 20 or, or 42 threes, the other team hits eight. You're supposed to blow that team out. People just gotta understand that. But they're good, Tobias, and we talked about this last week when you called in. But at the same time, I don't even know if it's disrespect for the Toronto rappers, rap, rappers, Raptors, more so than just showing respect to the team. You know what I'm saying? They, they, I think, I think most people are just showing respect to the champs, and it's like we're always gonna sit here and say that they got a chance. Until we can't say it anymore, you know what I'm saying? Like, and and we and you and I, we broke it down. Like the Warriors, they they've gotten lucky on their road to being who they are. But we've seen this team, you know, run through the league the last few years. They've been picked by pretty much everybody to win the NBA championship the last few years before the season started. So I don't think people are disrespecting Toronto all that much. Um, they're here. But they don't have anything, you know, they got to prove it. Once they prove it, then maybe they'll start getting that respect, even though Kawhi probably leaves and then they'll be one of the worst teams in the league. But um, I don't, I don't think they disrespect them as much as you do. Yeah, and, you know, here's the thing. I'll say this. 
like well, Anthony Davis, for example, the Pelicans should have made that trade because they would have had the number one and number four pick. They would they would have been sitting real pretty right there with those two picks. Even though I think they might end up with Cam Reddish, like I said, the guy who can't shoot, who's a shooter or whatever, but they would they would be in a decent position. And the thing that gets me though is how like Lonzo. First of all, if you take Cam Reddish, you're full for stupid anyway. You don't deserve nothing. Like when these teams want Lonzo, it shows what GMs and front office people think of Lonzo compared to the meat to like the media, but the fans and many members of the media. Uh, they know Lonzo's a good player, but with LeBron on the team, it's it gonna be best for him to move on. Because he's not, like you said, he's not going to grow. But De'Aaron Fox would be De'Aaron Fox if LeBron was on the, on the Lakers right now. So, it, it's no knock on LeBron. It's just the way things rolled out. That That's a that's an excellent point. And, and I think we've been making that point, and you as well. Lonzo and LeBron do the same thing. Alibi LeBron is, you know, much closer to the greatest legendary ever lived. Right, right. And Lonzo is, you know... Lonzo, which, you know, some of us will give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say he's trash, but that's probably biased because I hate his dad. But it's like he will never be able to flourish into whatever it is that his supporters believe he can be as long as LeBron is there. He's just in the way. Yeah. And that's so not See, but, the, but the thing is, though, like we we talk about one injury when when we talk about where the Lakers turned the corner this year when they were in fourth place. I, I talk about two because people like a lot of people don't notice the small things. A lot of people didn't notice how well Lonzo was playing defense when he was in there, how well that, you know, he got a chance to run the team when, when Rondo was kind of out of the picture, missing games. I think, you know, of course LeBron is the catalyst, but Lonzo getting hurt really didn't help that situation um, either because I think those two guys were basically coming into a zone with each other, and he was letting Lonzo flourish a little bit. His numbers wasn't going to say it, but when you have a point guard who is playing defense as well as Lonzo was, like that's where it starts. You disrupt the other team's offense because you're right at the point of attack with them, and you know that's the stuff I think the the average fan just didn't notice about what was going on there, but. Who knows? Uh, you know what, what? Where they would have finished had LeBron didn't? You know, had he not get hurt? Had he not gotten hurt? You know, it's all speculation at this point. We have no clue. But they were kind of chugging right along. They didn't look as bad as people act like they were at this point. Um, Tobias, I think Tobias hung up. All right. All right. Well, uh, I think we should. Should should move on. We'll talk a little bit more about the NBA Finals and all of this stuff um, later in the show. Definitely want to give a shout out to the new champs of the NHL, the St. Louis Blues, who beat uh, the Boston Bruins in seven, game seven in their own in in Boston in their own house um, to win their first ever Stanley Cup in the 52 year history of the St. Louis Blues. What's most impressive about this uh, this win is if you looked at the standings, and I'm pretty sure everybody's heard this at nauseum over the past 24 hours. If you looked at the standings on January 3rd, 30 games into the season, the St. Louis Blues 
were in last place. Not in their division, not in their conference. St. Louis Blues were, they had the worst record in the NHL on January 3rd. And then on January 12th, they're hoisting the Stanley Cup. Like, how many times do you see something like that, Jimmy? <laughs> like, come on, man. You did, Jim? We having technical difficulties? Can you hear me? Uh-oh. I don't know where everybody went. I'm asking people in the chat room, can you hear me in the chat room? Testing. Okay. Neil says she can hear me in the chat room. I don't, my partner's mic. I don't know where they went. So anyway, uh, I talked to myself then. Yeah. Being in last place uh, in the NHL and, you know, going from that to some months down the road, hoisting the Stanley Cup, like, I don't see that kind of stuff. Like, I don't usually see the worst to first type stories, but they don't necessarily play out during the season. Those type of stories play out where, you know, a team is bad the year before, and then the next year they're making a run at it, or they even win the championship. But the... um. The fact that <laughs> the fact that they ended up winning the whole thing is nothing short of miraculous, in my book at least. Um, so shout out to the St. Louis Blues again. I gotta play them the the song that we always give everybody. You know when they win that, so I can't make it any different from them. So um, congratulations to the new Stanley Cup champion, St. B, you there? I I can't hear Jimmy, but I see you in here. Yeah, I don't know. My fault. Can you hear me now? Oh, yeah, I can yeah, hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My 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 mute was acting up, man. Listen, man. Um, <laughs> con- congratulations to them brothers out there. Um, because you know how I feel about Boston, man. Like, I was <laughs> Jimmy thinking about the it. city is too like, spoiled. <laughs> dog, they, they right now as we sit here, they're the NFL champions. And um, they're Major League Baseball champions, which means they were going to have three and four <laughs> at the <laughs> same time. Up. They and, just set the city up. And actually, for, they just set them up for multiple I, I hear what you're talking about. I hear what you're talking about. That was uh, Detroit. But as, as card-carrying members of the Black Protectionist Movement, uh, we supposed to hate against Boston just because it's the most racist city above the Mason-Dixon line. Listen, man, how about the fact that the um, average black person has a net worth of $8 in Boston? So, yeah, <laughs> that story was crazy. Like, you can't help but laugh because it just sounds funny, but you shouldn't laugh at that. They're like, yo, $8? Yo, everybody that listens to us know we're ignorant. We still for the cause, but I can't help that. <laughs> All right, but, yeah, they got something crazy, like 13, 14 championships in that city since the turn of the century, since 2000. 
So, you know, it's okay to lose every once in a while, you know. Y'all still are title town. Um, I hate to admit, but it is what it is. Um, in NFL news, man, the Titans, the Tennessee Titans plan to retire the number nine and the number 27. Of course, you football fans know that that's uh, Steve McNair and Eddie George. They were the catalyst behind that team that made a run to the Super Bowl in um, 1999, uh, lost by, I think they, we, we hyped this up too when they said they lost by a yard to the, to, um, to the Rams. That was the longest yard you will ever <laughs> see. Like he stretched out from like the floor. Like, dude, who are you? Plastic man. Like there was no way ever. Like, I think he was trying to make a moment. moment and people I don't know what he was trying to do. Yeah. He was down a long time ago and then reached out and got the ball to like the one. And, you know, it calls for a great story, a great dramatic story. They were one yard away from like, all right. I didn't feel at the moment that they were going to win that. I didn't feel that he was going to score on that play, but we got to make it exciting. We got to make it dramatic. So, you know, we do what we do. So what do y'all I feel about that? I well, well deserved. McNair is deserved. Um, curious about how y'all feel. Where where does Eddie George rank among the pantheon of greats at the running back position? Or uh, I mean, that, that's difficult. I, but I think in I think for that team, they have to do this. They used to use that man like he was like a, a man. He was a workhorse. They he was a human yeah, battering Eddie, ram. Eddie, Eddie George has and, to walk with a limp now because of how they used him in Tennessee. So, so retiring his jersey. No, no, no. I've seen him recently. He looks the picture of health. I would expect him to be Earl Campbell, the second coming, but he looks healthy. When the HGH wears off, he's going to limp all over the place. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying in, in, in retrospect, looking at that 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 team, that's probably a team we should have been rooting for. But um, Eric uh-huh. McNair, definitely, man, because it, it's crazy how good he was. I think he's kind of underappreciating the grand scheme of things. Even when he went to the Ravens, he was getting them together. Like the boy could play football. Um, he just came around when it was so like he was kind of like outshine. He, he's an underrated quarterback in the grand scheme of things. Um. But you know what, Jim? Like, Looking back now, in hindsight, in hindsight, you kind of see what Fisher does to quarterbacks. So I'm pretty sure he did a lot to hold back his development yeah. and wow. maturation. And, if and he if we adjust for the Jeff Fisher effect, damn, McNair was nice. <laughs> I mean, he did <laughs> Let the young girls alone, but other than that, man, the boy's a legend, yeah. man. Um, I, I, and, one of them, and those those two dudes are kind of like tied at the hip a little bit too, so it's probably gonna be emotional for Eddie George, like because you know the, when I think of one, I think of the other, Paul, because I really don't think about either one. But when you you bring up that team, um, you know, and Eddie George, like you said, was a workhorse. I remember watching Eddie uh, Eddie George at Ohio State. Like Eddie George was a running back, but he took a beating, man. Yeah, that's why I said, like, the they way they used to know how to chase out of the way. Well, they didn't know how to play, call plays where he was going to have a chance to get out of the way. 
used to go up in the in the whole pizzas and meet Ray <laughs> Ray Lewis. It needs to be some nasty collisions up in there. Um, but no, he Earl Campbell's a great name to bring up. I'm not saying that you know he ran as hard as Earl Campbell, but I'm talking about the fact that that's what when he when he reaches that age, that's what I imagine he's gonna look like. Like Earl Campbell can barely walk at this point. I'm not wishing that on him. I, I hope he continues to be and feel like the picture of health. Maybe he got out right at the right time, but um, shout out to those two guys. I think it's well-deserved in Tennessee. Um, anything further than that would have to really be a, a carefully worded conversation. You know, when we start talking about where they belong, Eddie George, Eddie George is already in the hall. Good question. I'm not sure. Did Eddie Let me check that out. <laughs> he shouldn't be. I betrayed. I, I told him myself he shouldn't be. I don't remember <laughs> him giving a speech. And if, if he gave a speech, it was trash. So I don't think so. Casey Mack says no. So I doubt okay. it. No, that, yeah, the question kept coming up last year. Like, does he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? So, he, of course, he's in the College Hall of Fame. He was inducted there in 2011. Um. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it, how it goes for them. But shout out for this particular honor. I think it's well-deserved by both of them. All right, so the Women's World Cup has began. And the defending champion uh, American team, the U.S. Women's National Team, routed Thailand <laughs> in their opening match by a score of 13 to nothing. Now, B. Austin, you are around soccer every single day of your now adult life. And... Even you know, you know when 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 they're young, sometimes you you see scores like this, but you're not supposed to see scores like this in soccer matches. So the final score set a record for the most prolific offensive performance in World Cup tournament history. Um, but the problem is, there's rumblings now after the game of you know did they score too much? Was it sportsmanlike? They said they were doing mm-hmm. a lot of celebrating during this. Do you guys buying all of that kind of stuff, or is it just like we say in all other Never. sports? If you don't want us to celebrate, then stop. Us. Yo, I come, stop I come from, uh, I come from that cloth. I mean, internally as a coach, I may or may not practice good sportsmanship in terms of, and what happens in youth soccer is when you know you're outclassing your opponent. Usually your coach will say something like seven passes before you go forward or you got to shoot with all left foot. But at this stage, I'm less upset at U.S. women's soccer and more upset with FIFA because I got to ask, well, how did Thailand get into the top 40-some teams in the world if this was going to happen? Like, you you don't get 13 put on you. In the World Cup, if you get six goals to nothing put on you, you're 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 bum class. Like thirteen is double that. Like they're double bums. They shouldn't be at the World Cup if it's capable. If you're capable of putting thirteen up on them, so I don't. You know, I don't have a problem. Shout out to the U.S. Women's team for running to Boston. Uh, they're probably able to beat the U.S. Men's team because you and I, we could probably put together eight other brothers and beat the U.S. men's team. They are trapped. Yo, I don't know why they're not calling for Johnny. 
It's trash. Now. Go ahead and do that. Go ahead and do that. All right, well, let's, let's go back to the phone lines, man. We got the homie Casey Mack calling in from right. Dallas. What up, Casey Mack? Mac, Mac got it. Oh, oh. Wait a minute. He went off. Casey Mack, can you hear us? I hear y'all. Yeah, yeah. You hear me? You're on the air. What's going on, good brother? What it do? All right, Dave. I got to get on you right quick. What I do? You bring up St. Louis. You didn't brought up St. I'm St. Louis. I'm giving him props. Hey, I'm giving hey, him props. I, I, I can't swear on your doggone uh, station, but I'll tell you this. Boston have one job. <laughs> they can win all these damn championships. They can't stop St. Louis from winning anything. And then does does Wait, does Eddie George? You were rooting um, for St. Louis, Steve right? McNair, That's the hometown. You... I'm chasing. Man, we don't want St. Louis win nothing. Oh, so it's not a it's not a. We not don't a care about no St. Louis. I get it. So you you can't see. They sat see there and laughed at St. me. Louis, they laughed at me when I was weeping. Oh, when um, I get it. When the, oh man, then you gonna bring I, up the I get I'm sitting here like, I'm, sitting here like what is, I'm like what is Casey Mack talking the, about? That's his home state. But nah, he, he, Steve okay, McNair and Eddie George don't deserve no Hall of Fame. Nothing. All they needed was one damn yard, and they blew it. Uh, <laughs> no, I told you they no, needed more they, than one they, yard, man. He fell already I, I and catched the ball to the one. He was nowhere near that. Well, you want to get the funny thing about it is the guy that um, tackled was who? Who they tackled at the one yard line? Dyson? Who, who, who was it? Was it Dyson? Uh, I think it was Dyson. He's his name is Mike yeah, Jones. He's from, and he's from Kansas City. So I blame Mike Jones for making that ridiculous tackle to, to win the game. It's his fault too. I'm sitting there, yo. Anyhow. I was so confused at first. I forgot. I, I understand, though, because <laughs> some of our biggest, like, I don't want to see the, the Penguins win. I don't want to see the Steelers win. So I, I I fully get it. That's funny, though, how you go outside of yourself in that situation. And it's like, I'm wondering why, like, I can't understand you feeling the same way. <laughs> yeah, those are your biggest rivals, pretty much. People that's in the same state. Yeah. So I got you. I got you. Yeah. So. I'm sitting here like, why well, you got to St. Louis? <laughs> St. Louis win everything. We got to watch the Cardinals win all the time. And then the Rams win. And now we don't have a hockey team, but, you know, that. Y'all got y'all got that little brother complex, huh? <laughs> of course. Of course. And then they laughed at me. They laughed at me when the Chiefs lost because I was sitting there weeping. And they just, they just made take fun of me. <laughs> Now now they all getting busted for raping women and beating them up. Well, I mean, see, we got exposed now. Now now we're going from first to last again. We had a window. But, hey, I got a couple things on Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. Question number one is this. Did they shoot up his leg, his ankle, or his calf? Because I'm like this, they shot his cap up because they had to have done something for him to be able to play. No, I mean he's been out a month thinking, though. So I don't I don't think you're yeah. I don't think after a month your the pain is still in that 
area where you still need to be but for you know, a shot up play. And I mean, just think about it. Think about it. I, I, I've had some surgeries. I've had, you know, some, okay, back pain. You know how they give you steroid patch and this and that. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm 18 years old again. I can go out there and I can do heroic, heroic things. And that, that's what it looked like Kevin Durant. All of a sudden, he had no conscience. He, report was the other day just, that that's I think he was in heel, man. His calf was healed, but obviously it probably wasn't fully strengthened. Which okay. put okay. You know, okay. Let me, so let me ask you that. Okay, Doc Bates, Doc Bates, your boy. He's the hooper out of the group. All right. Now, you guys are huh? his entourage. I, I, I was going to let that slide. Yeah, I was going to let that slide. No, I don't know. I don't know. I just know that. I just know that he's the hooper. Well, the question I have is this. I mean, he, he, he played at the There's got to be a voice of reason, all right? If, if you're KD, look, I know you won't go out there. Let's just say that what he did leads to a third ring. That's fine and dandy. But is anybody giving a damn about Kevin Durant now? Oh, Kevin Durant has to go through this process alone now. Was it worth it? So the thing is, 30-year-old Kevin Durant was saying, you know, I'm invisible, and that's why he went out there. 45- and 50-year-old Kevin Durant was like, that was stupid what I did. Because you know what? We may never see the Kevin Durant as the best player in the league ever again. Was it worth it? I don't I mean, think we've right ever now, dated. That's either here nor there. We, we never saw him as the best player in the league. All right, all right, that's no, 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 a lot of people think he is. He's a lot played of his highest level of basketball now. He's played <laughs> his highest level of basketball Mac. now. My, my answer to you, while he's going through this, he's going to talk to doctors constantly and not, you know, not. And if they tell him the same stuff that they've told, you know, the people I know and told my family member about, how a, a, an Achilles injury is pretty much a wear and tear injury. And if it didn't happen that day, it was going to happen eventually anyway. I mean, even when he's 40 and 50 years old, why not do it, you know, in the finals trying to get another win? And if they because do come he, back and win live, and he gets a third ring you live, and he still gets to sign whatever deal he wants long term in the summer. You, see, another and, thing. And, and he's getting paid you know, while he's rehabbing, then why not? He might look but, back on it like but, he's going okay. to get right two hundred million know, either way, and you can't right. check your thoughts as as a, as a grown man on the, to a. I don't want to call him a kid; he's a grown man too. But you have to put yourself in the mind frame of someone his age, and he's a hooper. The guy and, and I hooper. am. This is what I'm saying. At that age, at that age, you're invisible. You think you can conquer, You can kick everybody's ass at that age. I mean, but I, I also, but I also, don't, but I don't think that he can live with regrets because at the end of the day, he's going to still get two hundred million. He's going to get paid next year. So, well, I, I, you know I, the I money. The money don't mean nothing right now. I mean, this this man is okay, made so out of money. Okay, so what's going to mean something then? I mean, so what's going to mean something? Like, let me ask you this, Jimmy. Because what? You're saying if he I'm didn't go out there, what have happened? You're saying if he didn't go out there, it wouldn't have happened. And we don't even know that. Like, <laughs> like Dev said, you, you right. So that's the thing. So it's like, it's nothing to, like, it is what it is. That's like Tobias said, I, I he's like, he should have practiced more. Then it might have happened in practice. I mean, we're acting like he and, did something like, crazy for it to happen. He was making 
a, a move that didn't look like it was that explosive. And, you know, and it, 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 that was the same kind of that was the same thing the first time he got hurt. He didn't do anything. He, he didn't do anything he no, wrote the first time he got hurt. He did a but jump the first shot. time he did, I mean, he, the first time he a, did jump and he did land. So you know there was some kind of explosion and there was some kind of impact coming back down. This one, he was just about to make a move and he's like, all right, nah, I can't do that. Rolled the ball and sat down. <laughs> so it's like it's one of now, those things, man. Might not have happened that day. Now, I, but if it was gonna happen, like you rather it happen, you rather it happen trying to be about, heroic in the NBA finals, Casey Mack, than. Happening in, in, in LA Fitness workouts during the summer, playing against Ben Simmons. And in LA one Fitness. thing, one <laughs> thing we're not talking about is the fact that he kind of changed the whole narrative on who KD is. All of a sudden, he's a sympathetic figure instead of mm-hmm. being the guy that everybody hates. He's kind of he's kind of rebranded himself through injury. But see, Jimmy, the whole time Kevin Durant, his whole basketball career is so he he's been wanting to, someone to give him a hug. He can want someone to give him a hug. That's the deal. I mean, he finally got his hug Tuesday or Wednesday night or Monday or whatever the other night. He's been wanting well, that all, someone out, to love him. But his sacrifice he for the hug is something. great. But like I said, hey, go through it now rather than going through it. I, look at look at look at Kobe. Like he went through it during his last few years, his his goodbye tour, and at times it was sad. <laughs> Because you're already old and then you're doing it. Hey, I'm telling you, wear and tear, man. If it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. So let's get it over and with. I, I have one back out there, and we'll see. Like I tell but, y'all, I was on both sides of the fence. Now the other side is this: everybody's worried about. Well, he sacrificed millions possibly to play in that game, which we all doubt. I don't believe it, and y'all don't. Yeah, but the thing nah. is, people don't say say this. He's making millions to go out there and do what he just did also. So, you know, in that sense, I understand why he went out there to do what he did. That's why I really don't have a problem with it. I'm yeah. more so nah, worried about him nice for well-being than anything else. Because if he didn't go out there after we heard that the doctor said he was fine, then – Everybody has been calling him all kinds of names for that. So there's no no situation because sports fans always get to deal in hindsight. They always right, get to deal right, in hindsight. Right. So it's always a no-win situation. They know damn well Kevin Durant's been cleared to play, but he won't go out there. They're going to dog him just like everybody dog Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> They're going to dog him the same way. So the talking heads out there that's all pointing fingers at the words. He shouldn't have been out there. Y'all the same dudes. Who, who, like, look at a dude like Skip Baseless. He hates Kawhi Leonard's guts because he did that. And I didn't, I haven't heard, if y'all tell me that he's out here agreeing with Shannon talking about he, he shouldn't have been out there, like, that, I, I'm going to just go crazy. I haven't heard what his thoughts are because I don't, I don't get to watch that stuff, but has anybody heard his opinion? Win because of, say that again? Go ahead, go ahead. Take, make your point so we can roll out. Now, I was just saying, I won't go and state the win because of the, the story now. I was wanting to round the win because of the Kawhi Leonard and Skip Bayless thing. But, <laughs> you know, I, I don't have a, I don't have a, uh, I don't have a rooting interest. You know, 
it's all about the story right now. And a, a story ending book right now would be for Golden State to win. So I'm going to go ahead and root for them, I guess. All right. <laughs> Thank you for calling but, in, but, Casey you know, Mack, man. As you, yeah, have a good one. All right, man. Peace. That's the homie Casey Mack. We ain't heard from Casey Mack in a minute. He used to call in and tell us off about um, LeVar Ball. I mean, <laughs> All right, shout out to him. All right, so real quick, uh, quote of the week, and it was about it was it's a Nike ad about the whole KD thing. Y'all know Nike is always quick on the draw, so they came out with a little ad that like the day after it happened that said, "Crazy is putting it all on the line." For the game you love And that's our quote of the week And we kind of uh, alluded to that earlier Where some of us think I don't even think it was the love for the game In this particular interest. I mean, instance I think it was KD seeing an opportunity If he, after all the talk and all the chatter You know, they're better without you Look at the record without you They can, they never needed you, you Blah, blah, blah Go get your own team, and and I also think had they had he come back and they ran off these three with him leading the way, I think that would have put Golden State as the front runners to re-sign him um, once he did reach free agency um, healthy. Because why not? Because he would have went out there and proven to y'all that yeah, this, this is me now. This is my squad now. They need me. They needed me to win this. So. Um, that's Nike, and that's the the quote of the week. The stat of the week was from baseball. I was actually watching the game. I was in a restaurant on Sunday, and I'm watching the Nationals and Padres play. Um, it was a close game in the eighth inning. It was kind of a pitching duel going on. And then all of a sudden, in the top of the eighth, the Nationals hit four back-to-back-to-back-to-back home runs off of uh, right-hander Craig Stammen to surge to a five to two victory. Um, and that, that actually got them a split of the four game series because they, you know, basically on their way to losing the series three, one. Have y'all ever seen live or watching on TV or wherever? Have you ever seen four straight home runs in a game? That's just abuse to the pitcher. <laughs> y'all muted again. What's going on? Yeah, my fault, cuz. Yeah, I, I, man, I guess yeah, I can't hear me because of the mute button. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yo, I've been sitting there. No, the funny thing is, I've been sitting there having a whole conversation. But anyway, um, I'm, I'm sure I don't know, I'm like, seen, that's why I had to. I'm like, let me say the word mute to give him because he's probably I, um, talking and think, think we I don't think that I've, uh, I don't think that I've seen four, maybe three, but four is a bit much. Um, I can't remember if I ever saw four other than, no. Yeah, it was. It was no, it that's was crazy. a bit much, man. <laughs> it was the game was tied one-one with one out in the eighth, and um, yeah, they just they just went crazy. Uh, <laughs> they measured them. They said in four play, and and this was four hits on seven pitches. So in in four pitches, they hit sixteen hundred and thirty-nine feet worth of home runs. Um, all four of the home runs were at least. 391 feet. They were over on, in the dugout dancing and shifting gears like they were in a car and doing all kinds of stuff. Um, they were excited. But it, it showed 
you today. And shout out to Gus Griffin, who wrote an article for us a couple of weeks back talking about how small ball is gone in baseball now. And you see that now because it's like a lot of teams, the only way they can score points is, is on the long ball. It's on home runs. Like, you don't see a lot of small it's ball. Going going the way of the, it's going away It's the home runs of the new three-pointers, man. It's like the NBA. Right. And how many games, Jim, where you see four or five home runs in a game and a team only ends up with five points? <laughs> ball is gone. Nobody trying to get on base. He's just trying to go up here and mash. <laughs> Solo. So, um, shout chicks, out to the chicks the long ball, yeah, yeah. So they got a lot of chicks that night. Um, let me see. They have a list here of teams who've hit four straight home runs. Uh, I don't trying to scroll down it now. All right. So of course the Nationals last last week the Nationals did it as well four years ago. Now, Sunday, it was Howie Kendrick, Trey Turner, Adam Eaton, and Anthony Rendon. Um, July 27th, 2017, the Nationals did it with Brian Goodwin, Wilmer, Wilmer Defoe, Brian, Bryce Harper, and Ryan Zimmerman, um, four straight against the Brewers. The D-backs did it back in 2010. The White Sox in 20, 2008. The Red Sox in 2007. The Dodgers in 2006. And before the Dodgers did it in 2006, the last time it was done, was 1964 by the Twins, done in 63 by the Indians, and 61 by the Braves. So this is a feat so that has been a constant. Roy's back up. How do you feel as the pitcher of note, though, when they just teeing off on you back to back to back? <laughs> that that got to be. It's like, all right, after two straight, coach, make that call. Like, Something going wrong here. Or you just hit somebody with the you just hit hit the next batter. That's all. And just <laughs> hit the next batter and just get thrown out. Like make it blink obvious that you're throwing at him on purpose. Like I gotta go because the coach ain't. Yeah, you look right. over to the to the dugout and the coach not on the phone. The manager not on the phone. You gotta take it into your own hands. All right, so that Shout is our stat of the though. week. And uh, before we move on to wow. Y'all were on the grind. Just got to let you guys know, as usual, that you can check out our website at warroomsports.com. If you want to call in and speak with us about any of today's topics, you can dial the Digital Extreme Tech hotline at numbers 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. But if you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. Jimmy, what the hell happened this week with all these people on the grind? Yes, sir. While you were on, while you were on the grind, it's brought to you by Sports the Book. And if you're tired of reading a sports book, here's what you got to do: you got to pick up Sports the Book. You can do that by going to sportsthebook.com or worldsports.com. But you have to get it. Um, smart people only read the sports. It's the greatest sports book ever written. I mean, this is the bottom line. So go to worldsports.com and get your copy. Time to talk about what happened while you were on the grind this past week. Yes, First story, man. The later murder game down on my man Big Poppy David Ortiz got lined up in the DR. Um, somebody got paid a couple dollars to try to like, you know what I mean, take him off the earth. Literally a couple dollars. Come on, man. Come on, yeah. man. Not, not right now. Not with all the other yeah. stories about the DR is going on. The prices, the prices of the murder game is going down in the DR. They, whoever tried to shoot Big, well, didn't try. They did shoot him. They just didn't kill him. 
But whoever tried to kill Big Poppy reportedly was offered 400,000 Dominican pesos. That's about $7,800 U.S. Um, they said they have six people in custody and one remained at large. Um, I don't know. They say Big Poppy is so loved and revered in the DR that he, you know, he goes down there often to see his family. Um, they say he walks around all the time without security or with minimal security because he always feels if anything was to go down that the streets were going to handle it for him. In this particular instance, they actually did, but it was a little too late because he was already on the ground bleeding. But one of the guys who was there on the scene who was supposed to be one of the assailants got beat to a bloody pulp by some um, <laughs> some big poppy fans out on the street after he was shot. So they say yeah. they don't have a motive. But of course, you hear things all over the internet. I heard it was over a woman. Um, did you hear any of this, oh. Jim? From B? I heard it was over a woman. It's always over a woman and some bread. Like outside of that, what else is there? Yeah, I mean most wars, and this wasn't even a war, but most wars is, is over some yams. Um, yeah. Shout out to you know Hector and 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 Achilles, the Trojan War, and all that. That was about a chick. It's all. It's always that way. But that's yeah, what I heard. Some bread, some Even though his particular stuff. wife, his wife, is like his spokesperson now because he's back in the U.S. and he's at like Boston General Hospital or something like that, Massachusetts General. And his wife is the one making statements to the press and telling everybody how he is. Like he had to have a second surgery, but you know he's supposed to be okay. Um, but I wonder how she feels with the rumors being out there, Jim, that this was yeah. over some woman who. I've seen a photo of. There's even photos of who it's supposed to be over. <laughs> I see dudes leaving captions like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to get shot over no chick, but I understand. Like, she looked like that. Yo. So. Yo. That'd be a terrible way to get, you know what I mean, caught stepping out because the boy got jealous and, like, mm-hmm. shot your dumb ass. Yeah, shot the big yeah. deal, man. Get, get well, big poppy, man. You know, we banked with you here in the world, man. I would think my bounty would be more than 7800 right now, and I ain't got no money. <laughs> yo, that's kind of high, though. That's in the DR. Like, yo, Captain Philly would take true, you out for, like, true. a stack. I mean, allegedly. True. Yo, um. In the, in, the, in the DR, you can buy, like, 16, 17 chicks, 7800. No, me too. I'm just telling the truth. <laughs> yeah, not even that much. It though. goes down in the DR. It, it, not it costs end. like, especially like if you on one of those um, uh, Dak Prescott boats. Never mind. Listen, um, <laughs> shout out to Dak. Speaking of money going down, man. Um, oh, he was raw dacking. B. Austin once referred to the uh, brother as funny money, uh, but the money team Floyd Mayweather. So it's been controversy this past week because the Forbes uh, dropped all their lists and they talked about athletes and he he went from number one. To not mention at all, like he dropped out of the top 100, and some people were saying, "Okay, well he's fighting," and others were saying, "He made so much, he made close to a billion dollars that his money should have made enough money for him to land in the top 100 this uh, past year." But according to Forbes, he ain't got it. That's the thing. Like with Floyd, 
it's like you never really I mean and and I don't think anybody's is real accurate, but with Floyd it seemed like they always there was always different accounts of you know what he was making and how much he had. And it seemed like keeping it a secret and keeping it suspenseful for everybody was probably, you know, what he wanted to do in the first place. But then, you know, Forbes go all up in your business and maybe making these lists. The type of thing I imagine, Jim. I imagine if you ask Floyd about it now, he'd probably be like, that's a, a Forbes list. I don't care about no Forbes list. They don't know what I'm doing. But when they was putting you on top of it, you know, Forbes was everything because they was giving you props. Now, uh, like like Jimmy said, this isn't like lifetime earnings. This isn't net worth or anything like that. It's It's actual earnings in 2019. And Floyd has indeed not fought, but Jimmy's the money man here. I'm pretty sure, Jimmy, if if you had something close to a billion or whatever they report Floyd to have made in his lifetime, and you were just on the Forbes list last year as the number one paid athlete, I'm pretty sure by now you would have made enough investments that you could sit on your couch probably for the rest of your life and still be on this list year after year. But I'm just assuming because I know how you get down. But yeah, I'm a cheap bastard. I, I don't I don't spend what money recklessly the way he does. But at the end of the day, like, listen, man. I was about to say, what does this? Hope is, the is anything does this tell us about Floyd? Basically, what we already um, knew. Give him ten years. And yeah, he no, we really didn't get any new information out of. Um, but at the end of the day, man, I just hope this brother doesn't go broke because of the way he carries himself, man. You know, right. they say people need to be humble, but the way he carried himself, I hope he doesn't, man, because he, he got a lot of people that don't like him. I'm indifferent right. about Floyd. I just hope that he's happy, man. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of people rooting for him broke. to lose that money. Yeah. And the and yeah. thing yeah. is, yeah, because yeah, we don't know what he does. You know, Floyd might have some great investments. Maybe, you know, maybe he's doing stuff that Forbes hadn't gotten a, a snap yet. Who knows what the situation is or what it isn't. Yeah. But all I know is it is gonna make it's going either way, but if, even if he goes broke, it's gonna make for a fire thirty for thirty, yo. Oh yeah. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a three hour for three hour. But, but that's the thing. And like Floyd and and it's nobody's business. Like this subject in general is a chatty patty subject. It's nobody's business for real or what he might be doing that we don't know about, but the optics that he gives off makes people think like, "Uh uh-huh, it started already. Because, you know, while you hear about, and this could be a part of their, you know, this could be their, their, their PR team. Like everything LeBron does, you know, even if you're not hearing it from him, they're going to make sure you hear about it. Floyd could be doing stuff. But from what we see, all Floyd do is go down to the forum shops at Caesars and 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 hit up the Gucci store with, you know, a million dollars cash because that's the kind of stuff he wants to brag about. And then you know when stuff Yo. like this happens, like you're just not surprised. Shout out to um to Anthony Joshua for drawing on a whole other opposite end of the spectrum. I don't know if you saw that video I put in the group the other day about uh him <laughs> in his crib when they were in his the cardboard box worth a couple hundred. Yo, Bull crib <laughs> is like two hundred and forty square feet. And that's his crib, like his crib crib, like, and you know, of course he lives on the road, but at the end of the day, his crib is, he don't spend no bread, yo. He spends no right. bread. 
And I read the article that said he lives like an IG. He gets he gets sponsored by all his uh, sponsors <laughs> to fly on private jets and, and go all over the world. But he spends none of his. Getting, money. He's the opposite. He getting flewed out. <laughs> he be getting flewed. He probably already got more bread than and his lifetime earnings aren't even near there. But he spends no bread. Anyway, man. So. Oh yeah, we got we can't go we'll without see, we'll see. getting B. Austin getting a getting a crack at this one. So we should. Oh my God! You gotta give me a shot at the Floydster. <laughs> Listen, man. Between all the cases that we don't, between all the cases that we don't know about, where Floyd is being sued by women he put his hands on, that he's been able to somehow keep out of the media and the civil suits, man. There's no telling. Um. No, all all uh all discolored jokes aside, I don't think Floyd is anywhere near broke. I don't think Floyd oh, is no. going broke. I think Floyd Floyd is A O K. Um, it really is gonna be a matter of as the old head said, it ain't about how much you make but how much you save. And hopefully he's able to adjust to life after his peak earning power from his chosen sport is done you know um yeah, the, the got, thing with floyd money he got mayweather promotions he got all that kind of stuff and if the top spot was taken by somebody who made and it was three soccer players international soccer players at the top but if the top spot was taken by somebody who made 127 million dollars like you're kind of wondering like like even without a fight like with all the stuff that you that they say Floyd is doing as far as the promotion is concerned, like he wouldn't he wouldn't be in the top one hundred if the top earner was one hundred and twenty seven million. Like they were doing people on this list, like the top ten, somebody in the top ten, like number ten, made like thirty million dollars. Like how can Floyd not have enough in place for him to make thirty million dollars? Sounds weird. Yeah, that's still a whole lot that's of money. A good, that's a good, that's but how does, he does, how does he not have enough in place to make thirty million dollars less than a year after his last fight? Sounds weird to me, man. But shout out to him. He gonna hear this and he gonna throw his uh, his Louis bag with a million dollars up against my head. <laughs> he's already looking. He's already looking at you funny on some stuff. Um, yeah, I he was trying I, to figure out how we were sitting where he was sitting. He wanted, to, I, he wanted to know where our bag of cash was. A lot of a lot of the business that I think Floyd gets credit for, and a lot of these athletes, but definitely Floyd, I think a lot of that business is actually Al Hangman's and Leonard Ellerby's business, and they give him, I don't know whether I could call it a minority stake, but they give him a stake for being a front man because they know he doesn't mind being out in front. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, I think he's like Jay. He is to Leonard. He is to Leonard Ellerby and Al Heyman as JV is to the rich Russian uh, who own the Nets. You know, he's just the the front man, the advertiser. Um, Damn, you just like you just you just, you just slandering him all kinds of ways. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I would, I would, yo, because. You, yo, you slander. You, you found a reason to slander Mel and him. Um, I, bottom line is the boy spends a lot of money. Like you, the kind of money that he's generated, um, he didn't even really have to do much. He spends I mean, a lot of money on depreciating, you know, depreciating assets. 
Listen, even, you, the S&P 500 has been on fire. You even call that a Jimmy, do you do you believe that Floyd? How much of Floyd's net worth do you believe is in cash, or short term instant? Short term. <laughs> probably all of it. <laughs> all, probably all of it. Yo, you know what? And and I didn't want to say that because if I say you know I am the Floyd hater, I believe all of it. I believe all of it is is. So if he's worth a quarter of a quarter of a billion, let's say, twenty twenty five, two hundred fifty million, right? For him to make ten percent against that is only twenty five million, and that would put him. Dev, wouldn't that put him in the top hundred? Right should. around there, yeah. It should. So basically, if all of his net worth is, is definitely because, like I said, if if most if if most is his, well, hold on though. Well, hold if, on though. Two fifty, two fifty is low. Two fifty is low though because he oh, generates right, right. income. No, no, I, I know, I know. So if he's got two fifty in cash and he's getting, let's call it five percent interest, which is actually a realistic number, then he should be on that list. So he's not reporting what he's actually making. That's my belief. I don't believe he's reporting it. I don't know why. I don't understand how, but if we okay. know Floyd to be Floyd and he keeps all of his cash in, in outside of investment, for him to earn 5% against $250 million would put him in the top 100 sports earners. That alone. Already, would, uh, we already we in that chatty patty bag, but here's my point, B. Austin. He's one of these guys who likes attention and who, who, who mm-hmm. like, when he made the list last year at number one, he posted it on God. He kept talking about it. You know what I mean? Like he, that, that's who he is. Like, even the comparison to um to, to Mel, right, like, and even if that's true, which I don't know how much, how true true that is because they were on two opposite sides of the spectrum in terms of this latest Forbes report, he doesn't carry himself the way this boy does. So that's why it's alarming to most people is, like, because he wants the attention. You know what I mean? Like, it's, 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 it's crazy. No, I, right? no, and, and when you I, see I, some, I agree with you. And when you see some of the stuff that he's – um. And, and been in the media with business wise, he's gotten in trouble with in terms of like sports gambling, and um, even the 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 follow coin, the, whatever whatever coin he had. So he had up when he was scamming people. Yo, I'm, I'm, Nick Foles on the I'm list. I'm trying to get to the doubt. Nick Foles number thirty six with thirty five point eight million. Yo, Nick, yo, he made That's less than Nick Foles. Yo, he made less. He made less. Yo, some of the names that's on that list before him is crazy, man. But I mean, like, as long as that Yo, man's happy, I don't care what he do with his bread. Let Nick, him go broke because I think he'll make for a Foles great job. Nick Foles is better at what he does than Floyd is at what he does. He's drunk. <laughs> See, that's when you, that's when you're going too far, man. Yo, that, you disrespect man. Number one hundred is a cricket player who made twenty five million dollars this year, four million in salary, twenty one million in endorsements. He's from India. Yo, yo, I've never seen yo, I'm not even, and I'm not even funny. I've never seen more than 30 seconds of a cricket match. Yeah, Only reason I have is, and I watched the whole joint, is because I was in Australia a couple months ago. But outside of that, I haven't. But I did watch it over there because they was getting hyped for it. But hold on, though. Yeah. What's crazy about this is. I could have been at the stadium and went to watch the cricket game. Yo, what's funny <laughs> about it is. Ford is always playing Floyd though. You remember a couple of years ago they had like um 
when they broke his income down, it was like boxing. It was like endorsement zero. It was like investment zero. They be trying to show you, like, yo, he, this dude. I think dumb monkey. Show us that he going to go broke one day. Yo, like, most people don't have zero. They don't even put anything there. Endorsement yeah, zero. It is, it is dangerous, zero. though. It is dangerous to spend the way he's spending when you only have income from one stream. And that and he's kind of showing us that by dropping off of this list that, you know, without being in the ring, like you're not money Mayweather like you wanna be. Yo, I mean, and it's I, funny because people always try to hit me with the fighters, but people, the people, promotion. people be hitting me with the John, like he made so much money, you can't run through that. I said, All right, read Mike Tyson's book. No, <laughs> shut you should tell them shut up. Mike Mike would go buy a Lambo, go to a city. Somebody would say, that's a nice car. He said, he is yours. And just walk through. <laughs> you like it? Hot, so <laughs> nice. Do you need a cool car? You think it? You can have a car. You can have a car, too. Anyway, man, real quick, Patriots filed different charges against the Texans. The Texans. Texans are trying to get a new GM and try to, uh, you know, uh, tamper with the Patriots. Um, those two teams are so incestuous at this point, considering most of the staff from uh, the Texans comes from the Patriots. But that was kind of shocking to see them file the tampering charges. Um, and I'm just flying through that because this is one story I got to talk to you guys about, man. What's up yeah, with y'all? I mean, I wish I had the little tiny violin to play. Of Patriots trying to complain <laughs> about somebody else doing something foul. All right. <laughs> And try to get Nick Yo, Casario, um, who's uh, Bill Belichick's right-hand man. Peace. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But, yo, real, I, I got to talk about this Kellen Winslow because another story dropped today uh, um, about oh. Kellen Winslow. Um, oh. <laughs> well, he – well, a little context. He was found guilty of all charges. He was fighting well, the against uh, raping grannies. Yeah, he was raping old ladies. Um, but – a story dropped today about five o'clock, and a lot of it was uh, quoting um, Robert Klemko, who's a friend of the uh, show, and it was right. talking about stuff that came out during the trial. And it came out during the trial that the boy, like routinely, they had to stop him because he'd be in the locker room just jerking off, no matter who's around, while he was watching porn. Um, when he when he flew with the team on like plane, he would have like his own row. Listen, yeah. he would have his own row because he was notorious for like watching smut on the plane and touching himself. So like, no. but it's like everything else. We heard now, this before. Coming out. We we heard we heard this before. He was in the parking lot and a lady walked up. He looked at her and just whipped it out and started working. <laughs> Yo, so you knew he, he, had some, he had some tendencies in him, but so, still, locker room. Yo, your man is a That's even beyond being horny, horny. Like, boy, boy is sick, man. How you going to be in a room full of grown men and you could, you could black them out because you watching your tablet and you're like, you know what? I got to, you know what I mean? I got I to gotta, I gotta go. I gotta get poison out of my system. Yo, he's a cereal <laughs> pickle tickler. My man is a cereal <laughs> pickle tickler. <laughs> Some man was on the airplane delivering babies. Man, come on, man. <laughs> yo, I got... <laughs> yo, yo. <laughs> you get this Dr. Huxtable on the airplane. <laughs> yo, we... yo, I, yo, I got nothing to say, man. Coming to get... 
Uh, he called him a serial. <laughs> <laughs> My fault. Yo, man. yo, and take it over, man. I'm done, man. I got nothing else to say. I don't know whether you want to give some birthday shout outs. Man, we got like, yeah, we got five minutes. Yeah, left. we got four minutes. We probably got a minute. We can get out of here. Yeah, on you that, y'all talking about. Uh, airplane hand babies and and we'd had a problem. I mean, I could, I wouldn't rumble, I wouldn't want to touch him, but we'd had some, some words from like five rows away. I'm like, like, dude, I'm trying to walk back to the to the bathroom on the plane, man. You back here popping it? Come on, man. You gotta chill. All right, man. So let's <laughs> let's get no some birthdays out of here. real quick before we get out of here, man. Uh, not a lot of birthdays going on today. Of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't shout out some of our uh, sports legends. Half these dudes don't be legends half the time, but shout out to them anyway. All right. So birthdays, of course, are not brought to you by anybody. Whoever brought you into this world is your birthday sponsor from the War Room. And um, shout out to Sam Adams, uh, formerly of the New England Patriots. He turns, wait, didn't Sam Adams play for the Patriots? Whoever he played for, he yeah, turns 46. Okay. He's shout out to Sam Adams. Yay! We got a super... Super special birthday. I got to give a shout out to one Jaimon Anderson as he Man. will turn 11 yeah, on his 11. Shout out to him. Yo, he got And they need to be calling already. for a little help. He already, world he, already better than all, he already better than all of Thailand. He don't lose by 13. <laughs> Right, shout out shout out to the nephew. Uh Sarunas Marshallonis uh turns fifty five. That makes me feel old. Sarunas was one of the the dudes back in the day, back in the late eighties, early nineties, uh, who was an NBA player from overseas when we still looked at those dudes as soft jump shooters. Um shout out to Sarunas. Uh, Hannah Storm is 57 years old. Shout out to Hannah Storm on My her birthday. birthday. Mike Weaver, former heavyweight champion of the world, is 68 years old. And we'd like to give a rest in peace shout out to Red Grange, a.k.a. the Galloping Ghost, who was born June 13, 1903, died January 28, 1991. We'd like to give a war room salute to all of these My folks. Birthday. For their Yo, a lot of these football players. A lot of these football players. You do these rest in peace shout outs to these football players, and you see the span of their lives. It's like, how did they live so long? They were out there with leather helmets, and actually, that's that's probably why. Remember, y'all used to say, "That's exactly why." If y'all want to get rid of this whole concussion thing, go back to leather helmets because dudes ain't trying to go helmet to helmet. I've heard several experts say that. Yeah, if you're just wearing a leather concussion, <laughs> you ain't gonna be drawing trying to like, spearhead people, man. But he, 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 he is, no, that's about the same. 
Right. At the same age as the six that uh, Kellen Winslow was going after. But anyway, man. No, the helmet was basically just like playing tackle in the park. So what did they even have a leather helmet on for anyway? To protect their hair? Because what is it going to do for your head? (laughs) Yo. That joint joint definitely do look... It would look mad sus, though. Like, Like, did it have a metal plate in it or something? Because other than that, I don't understand why they wore it. I guess it was um, just probably because football, football. When you study the history of football, it has a lot of like uh, military symbolism. So maybe it was a shout out to the air. Force. I don't know, man. I'm just making up stuff. Maybe uh, it was to protect them from rain. Like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Time for us to get out of here. Thank yeah. you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, Facebook, Twitter, those in the group chat. We appreciate it. All the calls and calls got through. We appreciate those we didn't get to. We apologize. As you can see, we are running out of time. Tune in next all you people right that are delivering babies a mile high. Of the NBA Finals. We'll also catch you up on everything happening around the world of sports. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the start of your week. And we'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch conversations uh, on Facebook and Twitter. Listen, everything we do could be found at warmsports.com, and that's the bottom line because I said so. Um, also, make sure you pick up a copy of my book at sportsbook.com or warmsports.com. If you're catching any flights, be safe and make sure nobody's delivering babies up there. But until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war of ignorance, and we'll see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.